Hey, good morning, everyone. My goodness, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to see you guys. Y'all are looking good, and thank you for being here on a nasty weather day. We said that to kick the service off. There's an old joke uh, that goes, it takes about 100 gallons of water to baptize somebody, but it only takes about three drops of rain to keep a Christian in America home. So I'm glad that you guys are not that kind of person. I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, I'm so excited, so excited about what the Lord's going to do today. I'm so excited about uh, the Christmas offering. Can't wait to get to that. I'm so excited about the Christmas service next week. There's going to be a lot of people giving their hearts to Jesus next week. Not about you, but I'm getting excited about that already because that's what it's all about. Big welcome again to everyone joining us online. Can we give a big welcome to our online audience today? Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much. Now, we did this a couple of weeks ago, and we got a really good response from it, so I want to do this again today. If you will either check in and let people know that you're here on campus today, and here's the big one, share the live stream. If you'll share the live stream today, we're going to put a dollar for every share that we have today into missions, and I love it, I love it, I love it. It's an easy way, it's an easy way for you to touch lives across the world. All you got to do is share the live stream this morning, and you can pull out your phone, and you can do that right now in service. Just watch the volume on that thing uh, so that you, we're not hearing that crazy echo. All right, y'all ready to get into this message today? Yeah. Oh, you almost had me convinced. Now, some of y'all are looking at your phone, so I, I set you up for failure on that one. We'll try this again. Are y'all ready to get into the message today? Yeah. All right, I love getting into the Word of God. I love letting Him speak to me, and I've uh, been praying all week for today, and very excited about what the Lord's going to be doing in this service. My goodness gracious. Um, we're in the middle of this series. Well, actually, we're coming to the end of this series called Follow Jesus, and we have been focusing on just following the example that he set for us in promoting the kingdom of God and developing people along the way, and we've been looking a lot at uh, scripture in Matthew where we're called to go and make disciples, to tell other people about Jesus. You know, what is our number one responsibility as a believer outside of our relationship with God? There's one person. We'll try it again. What is our number one responsibility as believers outside of our relationship with God? Yeah, to make disciples. That's what we're called to do. And you do that by helping other people grow in their walk with God. When you say discipleship, a lot of people think about classroom settings or, or something like this. And this is a, an act of discipleship because I'm equipping you guys uh, to grow in your walk with God. But we can do this every day by praying for one another, by lifting each other up, by encouraging one another, sometimes bringing correction to one another through the word of God. We're called to pour into one another, not be islands, not be islands trying to serve God. He's called us to be together. Amen. And so we're all called to make disciples, help other people grow in their walk with God. And I was thinking, we've got the Christmas service coming up next week. It's a huge opportunity for us to invite and bring people in to the service and see God impact and change their lives. And we're reaching the end of this series that we've been on for the last, uh, good gravy, the last uh, several weeks. And um, I was trying to think of a real creative like message title, you know, like some pastors spend forever on message titles and try to make them pop. I'm not that guy, but I thought I would do it this week and get real creative with it. So the title of today's message is uh, bring everyone you can to church on December 18th. Okay. 
That's, that's, that's what we're going to do. All right? Listen, if we're called to reach people for Jesus, this is a great opportunity to do it. Amen? So I want you to bring everyone you can to church on December 18th. That's next Sunday. Next Sunday, I can't believe that it's already here. You guys like this stage? Well, enjoy it because this is the last Sunday you're going to see it this way. We're going to do a lot of big changes and renovations uh, in preparation for the service next week. Um, do you guys, I, I'm telling you, man, if it is going to be an absolutely powerful service. You're going to want to bring your uh, friends to it. I'll talk to you yeah, a little bit more about that um, later on in the message today. But why in the world do we want to bring everyone we can to church on December 18th? Uh, here's a good one. It's the reason for the season. It's the reason for the season. I love Christmas because it's, it's, it's not just about the songs and the lights and seeing the kids' faces light up when they get all the gifts and all that. And that's part of it, and that's fun. But we're doing this, remember, to celebrate the birth of our Savior. He's the reason for the season. It's all about Him. So long ago, when the angels announced the birth of our Savior, that ended 400 years of silence from God in Israel. God made a master move by sending his son to pay the price for our sins. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're celebrating, and that's why we need to invite as many people as we can to church on December 18th. And not just then, but every opportunity we have to talk to people about Jesus or invite people so that they can be impacted by the word of God. We should do it. Amen? All right, it's the reason for the season. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I love this. It is the reason for the season. All of Jesus' life, all of Jesus' life was about accomplishing the will of his Father, about fulfilling those prophecies and being the sacrifice for our sins. That was his focus and that was his mission. Um, and it says in Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. His focus was on us. I don't know about you, I used to be lost. Jesus came for me. Jesus came for you. That's what this season is all about. And I know Christmas season, we're usually very busy doing things and planning on family coming into town and traveling and, and do we have enough money to buy all the stuff that we're supposed to buy for all these people? And I don't know about you, but sometimes the people on the bottom of that list, you're like, I don't know if I really want to spend the money on giving them the, the stuff this year. Y'all don't ever have those people that you're 50-50 on buying gifts for? Yes, y'all are really full of Jesus this morning, aren't you? I just say it. Uh, yeah, so there's all these things that come into play. And this is just a reminder, hey, it is about Jesus. It is about making him known. It is about bringing people into relationship with him. That's why he came. That's why he lived. That's why he died for you and for me and all those people out in the world that desperately need a savior. He's the reason for 
the season. And if he's the reason for the season, and he's called us to do the same thing that he did on this earth, where he came to seek and save the lost, we should be about seeking and seeing the lost come to know him. Amen? Amen. So, so our focus and our priority should be that. And here's another reminder for this season that we're in. It's not about us. It is not about us. It is about Jesus. It is about Jesus, not about us. I don't know if you guys like watching Christmas movies. Oh my gosh, I love watching Christmas movies. I was watching Home Alone uh, the other night. It was on, and man, those kids, just uh, that, that kid jacked those, those guys up so bad. It was so fun to watch that. Um, how many of y'all like the classics, like the classic Christmas movies, like It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, yeah. Um, how, how many of y'all like some of the more modern ones like uh, Elf? Y'all like Elf? Man, that's crazy. Some people, that's one of those movies like you like it or you can't stand it. I know a lot of people that hate it. It's kind of funny to me. There's some, some really good ones. That classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was on TV last night. Man, you can't mess with Rudolph. You know, I love the classic movies. But the best Christmas movies are the ones that have the messages built into them. You know, um, how about uh, A Christmas Carol? Y'all know that one? I brought a photo for you, A Christmas Carol. That is, that is a great, great, great movie. Scrooge. Oh, Mr. Scrooge. Humbug. Everybody, let's practice that. That one's fun to say. On the count of three, everybody, we're going to humbug it, okay? One, two, three. Humbug. Yeah, it was. Some of y'all got horrible timing. Try this again. We're going to do it on the three, not the four, okay? One, two, three. Humbug. All right, we got it. All right. So, but, but the whole message of that movie was about Scrooge not being so selfish, not being so focused on himself, and not being so hard on others during the Christmas season. Um, y'all remember the movie The Grinch? Oh, man, that's another good one. How the Grinch stole Christmas. You know, the whole premise was that the Grinch's heart was made too small. And he didn't want people celebrating what he didn't care about, you know. And so he was selfish in his whole focus and his whole approach. And he tried to jack up Christmas for all the Who's, but the Who's showed him what's up. And his heart got changed in the process. Why are you saying all this, Josh? We've seen these movies. Here's why. Listen, it's a reminder for us to not be selfish during this Christmas season. It's a reminder for us to remember that it's not about us. It's not about grabbing 10,000 presents for our kids and family. It's not about us planning all, and accomplishing all these crazy schedules. Like my, my schedule right now is ridiculously full as a pastor. It's a Christmas season. My phone rings incessantly. We get so many requests for help here at the church, and we try to figure out who to help and who needs to help themselves, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah? So there's a lot of that that goes on. We've got rehearsals and practices and projects and things going on. And if I'm not careful, I can get caught up in the mechanism of the season and the busyness of all the stuff happening. And I can forget that it's not about all of that. And it's not about me. It is about Jesus and reaching people for him. Um, so many times we get focused on gifts and presents for the family. And it's funny because churches, they see finances get real strong at the 1st of December and then later on, it drops. You know why? Because we overspend 
on Christmas. Credit card debt goes through the roof for Christmas because people just, they overcommit themselves because they get caught up in the materialistic side of Christmas. And it's not what Christmas is all about. It's not about those gift-giving experiences. Now, it's fun because we give gifts to celebrate. It's celebrating. It's like a big birthday party for Jesus. I get that. But there's a line there, you know? It's not about us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. There was one Christmas, I, uh, my, little, my little daughter Hannah was just, she just couldn't, she just couldn't wait for Christmas. You know, your kids are like that, like, like every day that last week leading up to Christmas. How, is Christmas tomorrow? No, Christmas is not tomorrow. Christmas is on this day. So we've got four more days, and then it's Christmas. Later that day, is, is it going to be Christmas tomorrow? You know, she wanted the presents because we had a few presents under the tree. That is like, that's like putting crack in front of a drug addict, man. They just can't, they can't handle that, man. They see all those presents, like, oh, my gosh, i got to have the presents. So she was wanting the presents, and so I... Uh, she just, she asked me one evening, I was sitting in the chair by the Christmas tree, she comes up, she's asking about those presents, and I said, I tell you what, sweetheart, I'll give you a present tonight. Her eyes lit up, and she came running over there, and I said, I'm going to give you a present, and I reached in my pocket, and I did this, I said, I'm going to give you the gift of patience. You can wait for Christmas, that I just had enough. I know that's wrong, but y'all laughed at it too, so, but it, it's funny, it's funny, um, how about this year, we remember that it's not about us. It's about that gift of Jesus that our world desperately needs. It's about giving the gift of Jesus. Why do we want to invite everyone we know to church on December 18th? Because it's about giving the gift of Jesus. Did you know that um, people are about 80% more likely to come to church if you invite them for Christmas? Isn't that crazy? It's like a, it's like a built-in softball pitch for us to invite people. It really is because Easter is, is more, of a, more of a church celebration, a Christian celebration, because we're focused on the resurrection of Jesus, and it's not really recognized globally. But Christmas is transcultural. They celebrate Christmas across the world. People will celebrate Christmas and not even know what Christmas is all about. So it's easy to invite someone to Christmas because it's something recognized in our culture. Yeah? So inviting somebody to a Christmas service at your church that you, your children are involved in or you might be involved in, I'm telling you, they will show up for that when they won't show up the other 50 times that you invited them. Probably they'll show up this time if you will invite them. Invite them, 80%. I couldn't believe that number, but it's true. But it's true. Um, well, Pastor, that sounds good. I love that you're asking all of us to invite people. Who are you inviting? I've already got three families confirmed to be here next Sunday. So excited about it because I know it's not about me. It's about reaching people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So it's about reaching people for Jesus. It's not about us. We have to remember we have to remember, hell is still hot. Hell is still hot. I, uh, I love going on road trips with my, uh, my wife, Kelly. And uh, a couple of years ago, we went on this trip. Um, we drove up to Montana, northern Montana, and we went to Glacier National Park. Have you, anybody in here ever been there? I'm telling you, you should put that on your bucket list. It is one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. 
and we've got it here in the United States. It's, it's amazing. You get there, and there's this, these majestic mountains, snow-capped, and you get these glacier-fed lakes that are just crystal clear, and it's just beautiful. And you get the wildlife, the brown bears, the black bears. You've got all the elk and, and, and all of that there, and it's just it is a gorgeous place. We were there looking at all of this stuff and enjoying the park, and it just dawned on me. It's like, you know what? This thing is always here. When I'm in Georgia, going about my daily business, Glacier National Park is still there. Even though I'm not there, it's still there. I think sometimes we have a disconnect in church world when it comes to the reality of hell. We get caught up in the busyness of life and all the stuff that we have to take care of and, and, and we focus on the blessing of God and we talk a lot about the, the grace of God and what he's done for us. And if we're not careful, we lose sight of the reality that hell is real and if people don't know Jesus, that's where they're going. It is our job to let them know about our Savior, to give them the opportunity to receive him as Lord and Savior so that they can escape the punishment of hell. It's really quiet in here. It is our responsibility. It's our responsibility. And look, Scripture points to the grace afforded by Jesus, but it makes no exception to the penalty of entering eternity without him. We forget about that sometimes. You ever heard people lie about somebody at a funeral? Somebody, and they're like, oh, we know we'll be with them in heaven. They're at the pearly gates right now, and you're sitting there going, there ain't no way. This person got into heaven. You know, you know how they lie at funerals a lot? Oh, oh, we're going to see. He's sitting there with God, really? Because he was, I mean, everything but what a godly person is supposed to do. You know, it had no relationship with Jesus. Listen, you can't talk hell out of existence. It's there. And the people that we love and the people that we care about, the people at work, if they don't know Jesus, that's their final destination. Let me read you some scripture. This is great holiday reading. Um, this will get you all pepped up in, 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 a, in the Christmas spirit. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says, They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. Didn't that just make you want to pass out Christmas presents when you read stuff like that? Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's a reality that's inescapable. Jesus is either Lord or he's not. Our children are either right with the Lord or they're not. Our family's either right with the Lord or they're not. They don't get to get into heaven because mama or grandmama or daddy had a relationship with Jesus. They have to have their own. Why is it that we're so complacent in the church about telling others about Jesus when that reality is fixed and unchanging? It doesn't go away. Why do we want to invite people to church next week? Because that's the reality that's facing them if we don't give them an opportunity to receive Jesus. I'm not trying to guilt you or manipulate you. Like, you, you ever been in a service where pastors tried to do that? Oh, you better. 
you better tell everybody you know. They could burst into flames next week, go into work, and get snatched straight to hellfire and damnation. You know what I mean? Like they just push too hard on it. Um, I'm always in favor of just presenting the truth and letting people react to it make their own choices. That reality of hell never goes away, though. You know, in, in our country, we have freedom of speech. It's at the core and foundation of, of who we are as a nation. You can say anything that you want to. Sometimes we don't need to, but we can if we want to. We have the freedom to be able to say that, you understand? Um, why is it that there is this unspoken pressure on the church to not be outspoken about the Jesus that has changed our lives. You understand what I'm saying? Have, have you watched the news and seen how they demean and put down the church? Have you heard the, the, all of these groups, they, they, they try to just throw labels on us. We're, we're homophobic, we're transphobic, we're Christian nationalists, we're, we're radicals that that, that need to, to tone it down just a little bit. Let me remind you of something. None of those labels have anything to do with who God says that we are. And they had nothing to do with what God has called us to do as a church. I think it's high time that the church stopped trying to be so God-blessed politically correct and just got back to the business of telling the gospel truth to people. There was a Jesus. He did walk this earth. He did get lifted up on a cross. He died for your sin and my sin and there is no way to get into heaven except through him that does not change it doesn't change it's our responsibility to let people know about that I challenge you in the name of Jesus to rise up in boldness to not be intimidated but to speak the truth of the word of God in love but make Jesus famous in your world because there are people counting on it People are counting on it. Remember, remember the people that have gone before us in the faith. Remember the sacrifice of the early church. We get upset because somebody might think that we're being insensitive. Or we might be, you know, a little bit rude, pushing our beliefs on somebody else. Oh my goodness, how horrible that is. You know, don't let that intimidate you. Don't forget the early church. The early church, they were slaughtered. They were slaughtered for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that they were impelled and used as torches to light the Colosseum where their brothers and sisters were being just butchered. Having wild beasts torn loose on them, having gladiators just kill them for sport because of the Jesus that it changed their life. See, that government tried to silence them too, but they wouldn't shut up. They wouldn't stop spreading the gospel. They wouldn't back off of the truth. And the penalty they face is a lot greater than what we're looking at right now in America. How complacent the church can get without a little bit of adversity, without a little bit of persecution. You know what I'm saying? They, they laid down their lives. We are here today because they didn't shut up. We are here today because they let the message come out. We're here today. We're here today because of the sacrifice of not just them, but so many believers throughout history who were burned at the stake 
who are drawn and quartered, who are beheaded. Right now, there are countries that you can't even speak the name of Jesus without threat of going to jail. There are underground churches meeting in communist countries like this right now, like we're gathered together, but they're in basements, they're in caves, they're in closed down abandoned buildings, hoping somebody doesn't rat on them and let the government know that they're gathering together to worship the Jesus that has saved their soul. We have every opportunity in this country to freely lift up the name of Jesus. Guys, let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. If Jesus has changed your life, he can change somebody else's life. Hell is hot. And we've got the message that this world so desperately needs to hear. So why bring people to church next week? It's the reason for the season. It's not about us. Hell is still hot. Because one person can still make a difference. One person can still make a difference. And when you look at scripture, throughout the Bible, God has always looked for one individual to do something amazing through. When he was ready to form the nation of Israel, he chose Abraham. When the children of Israel needed to be freed from slavery, he chose Moses. When it was time for them to go into the promised land, there was Joshua. One person can make a difference as long as they're yielded to God. The prophets were one person making a difference. You're here today more than likely because of one person in your life that made a difference. I'm here today because of somebody that made a difference in my life. And your life probably looks like mine where I can see one person stepping into my life in key seasons of my life to be used by God to make a difference. Remember when I gave my heart to Jesus, it was a youth pastor preaching a message. I remember when I got hurt by the church for some very legitimate reasons. There was one person named Rob that God used to draw me back in. God just came and hung out with me, shot basketball with him, played some hoops. It was great. He never went too far, but he would always invite me back into church. You come to church this week? I don't want to go to church. You come to church this week? I don't want to go to church this week. You come to church this week? He moved away. I never went back to church with him, but it wasn't long after he moved, God just, just hit me, and his words, the words that Rob spoke, just kept playing over and over again. I rededicated my life to the Lord, got reengaged in church, and I never looked back. Got filled with the Holy Spirit not too long after that, started inner city ministry in Atlanta, working with, with kids and doing camps, and it was amazing. God put a very specific call on my life that I answered during that season. Go out to Texas and intern with, with some people and I didn't have the money to go be a part of this program or get the training or the schooling that I, was waiting for me out there. God brought one person along. 
I mean, two days before the door was about to be closed on me being able to go do this. And he said, how much money do you need? And it was because of a guy named Tony that I was able to go to Texas and get developed and trained and have all this junk ripped out of me and let God rebuild me in that season to launch me into another, another season of ministry. People make the difference. And one person can absolutely still make a difference. You can make a difference in somebody's life. I can just go on and, and on and on. I remember when, when God spoke to Kelly and I to, we didn't know why he was telling us to do this, but we knew he was telling us five years ago, a little over five years ago, six years ago actually, close down your business. I want you to sell off your possessions, scale down your overhead, and I want you to move in with your parents. And I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> Man, I was in my early 40s making some good money doing what I was doing, and the Lord said, what's the problem? I didn't like, you know what the problem is, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I got my family. I got my house. We got the business. And he says, yeah. And if I asked you to go across the world to serve in a different country, would you have hesitated? I said, no. He said, why are you hesitating now? My call is my call. I was like, all right. Yes, sir. Had a conversation with my, my parents, and my dad looked at me. And he said, I knew you were going to do this because God started speaking to me a few weeks ago and he told me that you were coming I said well thank God for that confirmation you know when we took over the church it was a mess just financially distraught um, absolute it was absolute mess and the only way the only way to right the ship and get this church headed in the direction that it needed to was to be able to put as much money back into the ministries as possible, which meant that there wasn't going to be money available for payroll salaries and stuff like that. Well, I didn't hesitate to make that sacrifice, but what that meant was that one person was still going to have to make a difference. I'm here to tell you, you don't see him a lot in services. But if it wasn't for my father getting up and going to work and carrying the majority of the financial load in the household, especially in those early years, listen to me, I would not have been able to be the pastor that I was able to be in those early years and even today. Listen, there would not be an Eastgate church. One person can still make a difference. Everybody looks at the church. Wow, the church is growing. Wow, we've come so far, and praise God we have. But you understand, it's different people in different seasons. And you could probably say the same thing about your life. 
My point is this. What's stopping us from being one person that can make a difference in somebody else's life? You never know. You never know. You never know the impact that just stepping out can make in your world. Isaiah caught a glimpse of this when he was in the presence of the Lord in Isaiah 6, verse 8. He writes, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Send me. Calling of the church never goes away. We're here to be sent. One person can still make a difference today. So you just think that you go to your job because somebody hired you. Could it be that you were at the place of employment that you are at because God selected you to be the missionary representing his kingdom to the people at that business? Could it be that God has you and that family with all those crazy people because he needed a missionary to represent his kingdom and tell them about his son, Jesus. All those friends that you have, I know you clicked with them, I know you connect with them, but could it be that you, you to realize you, very real possibility, you could be the only Jesus that they ever get the chance to see? When Jesus was speaking about us, he said, we are the light of the world. He said, we were a city on a hill. That people look to us like a lighthouse on the shores while they're getting beat by life and caught up in the storms of the things that they're facing. We are the soul. We, we have the answer that they need. One person can still make a difference. And we have a wonderful opportunity every day, but especially next week. You hearing me? On a day where people are 80% more likely to say yes, if we will pause and remember that this is about Jesus and not about us, maybe we have the opportunity to be used by God to be that one person that makes a difference in somebody else's life. I wonder who we could invite. I wonder how many of our family members would show up. I wonder how many people from work would show up. I wonder if the server at the restaurant that you're going to after service would show up if you invited them. I wonder if the cashier at the supermarket would show up if you invited them. Or the clerk at the gas station. If you, 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 you see what I'm, what I'm saying? We, we have so many opportunities and the only thing standing in our way is us.
I don't know about you, but when I stand in front of the Lord, <laughs> I do want to hear those words. Come on in, good and faithful servant. I want to be able to lift my eyes up, though, just for a second. Because I know all that focus is going to be on Jesus. How could it not be? You know, you got the beast flying around in the, the throne room, worshiping God and, and just in his presence. But I want to be able to look up and see some faces. And know that as jacked up as I can be, as messed up as I can be sometimes, because you don't have a perfect pastor. You have a man who has a heart to serve God, but I need grace just like you do. You understand? I want to be able to look up, though, and see some faces and know that I was able to be used by God to rob hell, to populate heaven. And that I carried on the mission that my Savior gave me to go into the world, to make disciples, to let people know about the Savior that's changed me because He can do that in their lives. And to know that I didn't get caught up in the distraction, that I stayed about my Father's business. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. What a great motto to have for a life. Let's all stand this morning. I'm challenging you big time to invite everyone that you can. Well, Pastor, I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Well, that's probably the problem, huh? need to bring some people in to that little circle that you live in. Make some new friends. I'm always making new friends that need Jesus. Boy, they're smelly. They're dirty. They cuss a little bit. They drink a lot. They smoke some stuff they probably shouldn't smoke. Their life's a mess. But I can look past that just like Jesus did and see the potential inside and see what God can do with a heart that will be submitted to him. I see people in chains that need to be set free all the time, so I make friends with them so I can introduce them to the best friend I've ever had. Who are you going to invite this upcoming week? You guys watching online, who are you bringing to the service next week? Well, I was just going to show up. We're called to do more than just show up. Let's pack this place out. Get that person in your mind right now. Every, probably most of us, hopefully all of us, we know somebody that needs Jesus. What I want to do is I want to lead us in some prayer. Let's just intercede for those people that we're going to be talking to this week and asking this week. Maybe you've already invited 20 people. We're going to pray for them that they stick with their commitment because you know how busy the devil can be trying to keep people from being where they need to be. Let's pray them in so that God can do something powerful in their lives. You got that person in your mind? You got those people, family members, co-workers, that person you've been inviting for years? This could be the Sunday. This could be the Sunday. Let's lift them up in prayer, all of us across this place. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift these people up to you.
Jesus, thank you for dying for us, but thank you so much that you died for them too. Lord, forgive us if we've looked at those in our lives that we've had the opportunity to, to witness to or to minister to, Lord, if we've looked at them through the lens of judgment or through the lens of condemnation, Lord, you haven't called us to do that. You've called us to let people know about a Savior that can change their lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for all of these people, with these people here, with the people watching online or listening to this later. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you let us find favor with these people. Lord, if they've said no a hundred times, let this week be the week that they say yes. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you begin to move in their hearts and prepare them for the conversations that we're going to have and the, the invitations that we're going to extend. Lord, let the answer be yes. Let, let it be yes, Father. What, whatever needs to play out in their lives this week, Lord, orchestrate whatever needs to happen to get them here next Sunday so that they can hear the gospel. And Lord, I pray that we don't just bank on next Sunday, Lord, that if we through conversation, have opportunities that open up. Lord, let us be bold about speaking of the Savior that has changed us. Lord, let us be that light. Lord, let us point people to you. God, we just come against the devil. He's a liar. He likes to throw schemes and traps, and he likes to manipulate situations to to get people frustrated and aggravated and hurt, confused, whatever it takes to keep them as far away from you as possible. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bind the enemy's work in these people's lives. Lord, that there would be no hindrance or interference at all with them coming in. And if anything, if anything, Lord, if the enemy throws stuff at these people, Lord, let it become a catalyst to push them in to your kingdom. Take all that stuff that was meant for bad and turn it around for good. God, we give you praise. We thank you for what you're going to do next week. Lord, thank you for this reminder today. Thank you for this reminder, Lord, <laughs> that even in the busyness of the Christmas season, there's beautiful opportunity to reach others for you. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise for what's going to be a powerful service next week. With people giving their hearts to you, Lord, we thank you for positive reception to invitations. Lord, we thank you for people responding and showing up. God, thank you for the people you put into our lives to let them see you in us. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God some praise in the house for him. Uh, you can be seated if you can this morning. Thank y'all for staying, by the way, as I was praying. I appreciate that. Usually, um, when, when, when pastors get up to pray, it's like uh, somebody turned the light on in a crazy apartment and the cockroaches just, just start scattering, you know. And it, it's almost comical to watch it happen every week. And it's always the same people. It's funny. Um, thank y'all for, for staying in here. We've got a Christmas offering to receive today. I get excited about this because every year we get together on the weeks leading up to Christmas and we do this to try to get a jump start on ministries for next year and the focus of this Christmas offering today 
is for our next generation ministries, for our youth ministry and our kids ministries. We got awesome ministries here in this church for our youth and for our kids. Amen. Um, I love it. Right now, E-Kids is happening, and, and God's laying a foundation in those little hearts over there. I love it. We don't babysit your kids here. We give them Jesus. We give them Jesus. Um, so what we do is this. We're, we're, we're wanting to raise enough funds in this offering to provide scholarships for 10 students or kids to go to youth camp or kids camp this upcoming summer. Every year without fail, um, we find a family that needs a little bit of financial assistance to get their kids there, or we find a family outside the church that's willing to let their kid go to a youth camp or a kids camp, but they don't have the funds available. We want to have scholarships available for these people so that we can reach those kids for Jesus. I'm telling you, um, Jesus changes lives at those camps. He really does. And uh, those are powerful things, so we want to be able to do that. It's about 200 bucks a child. And you can see why they need help getting kids there. About 200 bucks a child to make that happen. We want to be able to send 10 kids. And that doesn't mean everybody in the church is getting a scholarship, all right? You got to be careful. Some people hear that. My kid's going for free. That's not what I said. We're going to help those that, that need it and, and reach people from outside the church. So it's about $2,000 to make that happen. Uh, maybe you're in here or you're watching online and you could stroke a check and just take care of all of that. That would be amazing. Maybe you could sponsor one kid to go. Maybe you could sponsor half of one kid to go. And we'll send arms and legs or whatever in your name and that'll be fine. Uh, what we also want to do is we want to be able to purchase a new lighting system for our next generation ministry room over here. Uh, if you're a guest, it's easy if you walk back out and go to the hallway where the bathrooms are. Just follow that hall and you'll see the door that leads into that. Um, shame on us if we have excellent quality stuff in here as adults and we let our kids go without. You know what I mean? So they need a new lighting system over there to, uh, to be able to minister to those kids effectively. And you're probably thinking, well, what are lights? What does that mean? Well, if you're a kid and you can see some different colored lights and see that stuff flashing and popping and it creating a great atmosphere over there, you're going to get excited and you're going to have fun. And we want our kids to have fun and get Jesus. It's going to be about $1,500 to make that happen. Maybe you're, you're here, you're watching online, and you could just I mean, stroke the check and make it happen. Or you could just give something towards it. Um, here, here at this church, this is what we don't do. We don't manipulate people. I don't sit up here and pull heartstrings. You know, y'all seen that stuff done? Pull heartstrings and get people to give big, you know. Uh, get them thinking about their kids. Get them thinking about their grandkids and all this stuff. So the, I, I think people can hear from God and just give as God prompts. I think we're responsible. I think we can, we can think for ourselves and we can make that happen. Um, so $3,500 total to take care of those scholarships and to take care of the lighting system. And everything that comes in above and beyond that, we're going to put it all into community outreach. Okay, and I want you to hear me. It's going to go to the Next Generation Ministries, and it's going to go to community outreach. It's going to go to outreach. All right? It's not going to go to Christmas bonuses for the pastor. All right? Boy, I am pulling a shady thing and pulling a curtain back and letting you know all these little tricks these insincere pastors do. This is not going to a pastor's bonus. All right? This is not paying off a note. This is going to ministry. All right? It's going to ministry. Um, so, 
Let me put the offering information back up just in case you're, you're fairly new here or you don't know all the avenues. We're going to put this up for you. Um, cash works, check works, of course. Um, but maybe you didn't come with any of those. Maybe you showed up today and you're like me and you just completely forgot. I forget about things sometimes. Maybe you completely forgot this was happening. And uh, you need to go digital with this. You can go to eastgatechurch.cc and give there. We've already had people give this week to this um, as they got paid. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. You can give by text to give um, the keyword Eastgate GA to the number 77977. Here's what we ask, that everybody listens to God and just do what he's prompting you to do. Same thing online. Just, just do what he's prompting you to do. If $10 is it, then give the $10. $10 in obedience is better than $1,000 in disobedience, to be honest with you. Sometimes people give 1000 when God says give ten grand. Those are crazy numbers, Pastor. No. And you, the important thing is you listen to what the Lord is laying on your heart. And then we do that. And then we see the vision be fulfilled, needs be met. We see kids go to camp. We see the kids get the lighting system that they need. And we're able to be funded for these early in the year community outreaches that we're going to do so we can reach people for Jesus. That's what it's all about. So gentlemen, if you will, please come. Let me pray over this. Isn't this exciting? Isn't it nice to be blessed by God to be able to have the resources to sow into stuff like this and see life change for the kingdom of God? It's amazing. I love it. Let me pray over you. Father, we worship you and we thank you for who you are, for what you're doing in this church. Lord, I thank you for these amazing people and their obedience to you. Lord, let this offering be everything you intended for it to be, to accomplish the vision that you've laid on our heart, Father. Lord, bless those that give in accordance to their obedience, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, just like your word says. Lord, we give you glory, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Once you've had the opportunity to give, let's all stand back up. Isn't God awesome? Isn't he amazing? He's the reason for the season. Amen. Well, before we close out, let's spend a little bit of time thanking the Lord for the gifts that he's given us, for the blessings in our lives, for the opportunity to tell others about him. Powerful day, huh? Let's end it on a powerful note and give God some praise in the place. Father, let your presence be in this place as we continue in worship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.